Episode 3. First off, I want to say thanks for taking time to have a listen. I really appreciate it. As I think about what to do for my upcoming podcast during the week, I'm amazed at all the things that have happened in my life. My experiences, things I've learned, places I've been, and most of all, the people I've met. This episode is about when art imitates life. It's a story about a band I started and how art imitates life. After episode two, I was thinking about my time in Atlanta and meeting Robert and Stephen. When I decided to move to Atlanta and start Jesus Presley there, it was a big deal. I talked to a ton of folks when I got there about joining the band and had a lot of auditions, and I wound up with a crew of really talented musicians. Only thing missing was a horn section. I just couldn't find the right people. Here I am with a group of musicians ready to have at it. I even found a club owner and pitched the idea about letting the band rehearse when the bar wasn't open. He agreed. I talked with the sound guy, and he was into coming in on his nights off and running sound for the band so we could get really tight and get some stage time. He liked our band. We played a couple shows, did great, but it just wasn't the same without a horn section. One night while driving back into Atlanta to head home, I started thinking about, well, in the meantime, until I found a horn section, what if I started a new band? A kind of a side project. What would be fun? You know, wacky. Get attention from the press and get people curious to come check us out. I got it. A band that played murder music. Yeah, I know. I started to wonder why murder wasn't really a topic in music like it is in books, film, and poetry. Now, there are some songs, but not really that many. Okay, down the mental rabbit hole I go. What if I picked a famous serial killer that people had kind of heard of, but really didn't know much about at all? You know, somebody before pre-mass media was all connected. And I thought, I got it. Wayne Gacy Jr., the guy who dressed up like a clown. People are afraid of clowns. Mostly the makeup hides emotional signals, and it creates this underlying uncertainty, which is the number one reason and makes them creepy. That and the fact they kind of look like they're dead, if you know what I mean. Perfect. I decided to do my research, called myself Jack Hanley. That's who John Wayne Gacy Jr. said was the person whose voice he heard in his head. Then I thought, how the hell am I going to pitch this to these people? I barely knew them. They all signed on for Jesus Presley, not Murder Rock. What would I call the band? There were nine of us. Here's where my brain gets really engaged. I know. I'll call it a trio. Yeah, a trio. Take nine, divide it by three, and bingo, it's a trio. Why divide nine by three? Well... I came up with three good reasons to convince these people in Jesus Presley this was a great idea. Reason number one, it would be wacky. Reason number two, we could all write and work on new material together. Reason number three, we would by all means get press and shows. 
Yes, Wayne Gacy Trio was a great idea. To my surprise, everyone was into it. They even thought we should all dress up like clowns. We wrote some songs, shot a video in a basement, and recorded a demo. I sent that demo out to the strangest places I could think of. I got nothing but positive feedback. South by Southwest even contacted me and wanted to pay us to come out and play the festival. That's when it went bad. I told everyone the next night at rehearsal about the South by Southwest deal. Only like one person was excited and wanted to go. I remember driving home from rehearsal that night after I told everyone the great news and just being crushed by the underwhelming excitement. How could you be in a band that was getting played in indie radio? Like in South America, England, Spain, New York, Japan. Get invited to play South by Southwest and get paid and not want to go? At that point, I knew it was time to go back to the West Coast. My time in Atlanta was over. When I moved back to Portland, I contacted some of the members of Jesus Presley and asked if they were up to play some shows in this new band. They said, sure. I thought, perfect. I could book some shows as a band from Atlanta. You always do better in Portland if you're a band from somewhere else. We rehearsed. I booked some shows. And it went really well. After a few shows, most of the boys told me they really weren't into being in a murder rock band. I think they did it as a favor to me, and I was super grateful. I understood. It wasn't their cup of tea, so to speak. Serial killers, clowns, murder rock. I started looking for band members, and it didn't take long to find the right people. After all, it was Portland, Oregon. I went through a couple bass players, a few drummers, a couple guitar players, and then I put together a great group of guys. Carlos, who is an amazing guitar player. Anthony, who played guitar and was steady as a rock. Mark had played drums in surf bands for decades in town and ran a vintage toy store. Sean, he played bass, and he was all that in a bag of chips. They were ready to get their shock rock on. At this point, the band now has five members, bass, drums, and three guitars. I told everybody we were a guitar trio with a rhythm section. Things really took off. We wrote some great songs and were getting great shows. People really liked the band, and we sounded as tight as a band could be. It was a wall of guitar, a massive wave of loud awesomeness. We recorded our first CD titled Rec Room Romance and Crawl Space Love Affairs. While working on new material for the next release, somehow I had heard or read somewhere that some girls like to get choked while having sex. I never heard of that. But I'm okay with anything that consenting adults like to do. After all, why not? I wrote this song called Choked. It was about a guy who read a Craigslist ad in Personal Encounters, goes on a date. While they're doing it, the girl asked him to choke her. He got all worked up and choked her to death. Now remember, we're a murder rock band. 
Then four weeks later, this news story comes out that they arrested some guy who was going on dates from Craigslist and choking girls to death. I guess art does imitate life. If that's not strange enough, here's where it really gets weird. I got asked to open this show for this old school punk band, Fang. Band has been around since late 1980s, based out of Berkeley. They crush it. What a great band. After loading in for the show and doing sound check, I'm sitting at a table putting the set list together, and I think it was the first or second time we were going to play Choked Live. It landed about fourth on the set list. We opened up the show and played great. As we started to play Choked, I looked over. Sammy Town, who's the lead singer for Fang, was really digging what we were doing. He was bobbing his head, smiling. We got done with our set. Sammy Town came over and said he loved our sound, loved the band, thought the band was awesome, and was really glad we were on the bill. Well, later I found out Sammy Town had choked his girlfriend to death and spent a little time in prison. Yes, art does imitate life.